Hello and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. I'm Natalie Britt and this week it was my absolute pleasure to talk to Natasha Bray. Natasha is a success mastery coach for high achievers and rising leaders and she has clients in over 30 countries across the globe. She's the creator of Success Imprinting, which is her unique multidimensional approach to transformation that creates rapid and permanent change for her clients. I've followed Natasha's work for a really long time, and I was super excited about talking to her. It was a really big deal for me. And as you'll hear, this conversation is so full of really rich tips and great ideas and things that get you reflecting on the experiences you've had and how those shape the way you think and feel, the way you apply meaning to events in your life now, and whether or not those things are serving you well or whether they are things you want to change. Here's our conversation. So for people who don't know, you're a success mastery coach and you specifically work with high achievers and bring about transformation for them to live their lives and engage in their businesses in really inspiring and freeing ways, right? That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I help women entrepreneurs specifically mm. to unlock what I call the ultimate up level, which is up leveling emotionally, financially, and spiritually. Because what tends to happen is we're so focused on growing the financial side of things that we neglect the other sides yeah. and causes a massive imbalance, lots of problems in our life. So I help women up-level all of those areas so that they can have more financial success without sacrifice to other areas of their life. It's around helping someone unlock their authentic self Mm. Um, through healing a lot of the past wounds that have led to us wearing the masks that we tend to to wear and show up in for various reasons. Um, But also how those wounds affect your business, like you just mentioned there, like how we overgive and people please to the sacrifice of ourselves, how we hustle. So we're, we're constantly trying to reach those new financial milestones, um, but neglecting ourselves in the process. So mm. very much, you know, who you are, how you are massively affects how you show up in your business and the impact of your business on you. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the major difference between the things you're doing and, and, the things I'm doing here is looking at the business side specifically. And I'm because of my kids looking at balancing those areas, but doing it for your whole life. Um, and so one of the things that I've been really thinking about how the wounds that we have kind of affect the way we parent and how we potentially pass those on to our kids as well. Um, so my children are both adopted and um we adopted them from within the care system and because of looking at their mental health I've really had to think about my own and those healing of past wounds and things like that that you wouldn't even call hot past wounds you know I I would be very fortunate to say I had this wonderful lovely childhood but still have somehow carried things that I can't pass on to them so one of the things that I would love to know about um your experience and your work is what are the patterns you see in the kinds of things that people need healing with 
What are the kinds of things we carry with us that don't serve us in any area of our lives, really? I think you touched on something really important there. People think of trauma and wounds as the really big things that happen. I see trauma differently. I see, or I prefer to use the word wound because it's a little less scary than the word trauma. Yeah. But I see that as anything at any point in our lives that made us feel a certain way. So it's, if something made us feel not good enough, not lovable, not worthy, helpless or powerless. So it's not necessarily the event you went through. Somebody could have gone through abuse, but they're like a very well-rounded person today, whereas someone could have gone through maybe comparing themselves to their older sibling who was always better than them at everything in their life and, and be deeply affected by that more than someone's been affected by the abuse because we're all different in our resilience and how we deal with things. But also it's the feeling that you're left with, not the experience itself. Right. That's really interesting. I haven't thought about it that way, actually, but that makes perfect sense because it's the meaning then that's applied to the experience that leaves whether or not it becomes something that empowers you or something that can really hold you back. Definitely. So like I used the example there, comparing yourself to a sibling or even a best friend or something like that in school. And it only has to be one event, one time that can create that imprint, I'm not good enough. And then that can show up in every relationship you're in, especially relationship with your children as well, feeling like not a good enough parent, trying to people please your children. I've had to go through that one as well. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> um, very hard if you're a people pleaser. Uh, and now obviously shows up in business too and how we are in every relationship in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, our relationship with ourselves, our children, our businesses, within our businesses, with our clients, you know. Um, everything is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. That makes sense. And so when you've done this healing work, either, you know, within yourself or uh, your clients have done it, how does that change the way you show up, the kinds of things you notice maybe in your business or in in parenting? Oh, hugely. Um, You know, the I first started my healing journey because I noticed a common pattern that I couldn't have long-term relationships in my life uh, with a partner. I kept, uh, usually like I called it the 18-month curse. It would get to 18 months and for whatever reason, it would always break down. And I split up with my son's dad. My son's four now. I split up with his dad when he was 10 months old. And I met someone quite soon, unexpectedly after that. And I wanted that relationship to work out. (laughs) So I was like, right, there's something I've got to heal in me now. And actually, I I was recovering from postnatal depression at the time as well, from the birth of my son. So there was a lot of reasons that I, for personal reasons, that I wanted to heal and become a better person. Mm. Um, so that I could be a better parent and heal the postnatal depression, but also so I could have lasting romantic relationships and that stability that that would bring for me and my son as well. Um, and he was doing that work just for personal reasons that all of a sudden my business skyrocketed as a complete side effect. So there was a bit like, oh, what's going on here? Is this a fluke? Is this for real? I haven't done anything different. What? How has this happened? And it literally skyrocketed. Um, And that's when I made the connection between 
how healing yourself massively impacts your business. Mm. Um, and that changed my niche. That became my niche. People started asking me, what have you done? Because they saw my business skyrocket and they were like, I want some of it. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> training in multiple different therapies at that time. I was like, I, I can use it with you too. Let's give it a go. And yeah, that that personal healing, I truly believe, is the key to transformation in every area of your life. I became a much calmer, more patient parent. Don't get me wrong. There's, you know, we're all we're all human. There's times where where things do get a bit too much, of course. Um, but I did notice a big difference in my parenting, and it wasn't that I didn't love my son. I loved him very much. Um, I think the cloud of postnatal depression lifted then when I was healing. And so I was able to more deeply connect with him. That makes sense. And one of the things that I um, really focus on quite a lot is habits. Mm. How, how did you find your habits changed once that healing work was done? I know it's never really done, done, but, you know, that round of healing work was done. How did things change for you in terms of the habits you um, invested in? Um, For me, it was the, I think the mind, mind work was most important initially. And then it developed from there. So now I, initially it was um, really simple mindset practices like gratitude affirmations alongside working with a therapist at the time um and there was something called the five minute journal which I should have shares in the company I don't but I talk about it to everyone I gift it to my clients because it's so amazing it literally just takes a couple of minutes in the morning a couple of minutes in the evening and it tops and tails your day in a really positive way and that was one of the key things that I used to get through the postnatal depression as I was healing. And I notice a huge difference if I'm not using it. So I still use it to this day. There might be like a week where I don't use it and I see the difference when I don't. So that's one of my, like, I have to do that every morning. Um, So I think now it's, it's developed more than just mindset. It's more a mind, heart, body and soul approach. Because what I noticed was I started to focus so much on doing the inner work that I started to neglect my physical health because work was busy, trying to give time to family, trying to give time to like the emotional and the inner transformation. And I started to neglect my physical health. So I make sure now that I exercise five times a week, get up. The only time I can really do that is before Jensen wakes up. So get up before he wakes up. To have that bit of time that's just for me before becoming a mum for the day. There's there's quite a lot of things actually that I do, and I don't know if you want to hear them all or the top three. <laughs> any that you think, um, actually, anyone listening to this, if they are struggling with depression or the early signs of depression, or they struggle with anxiety, or any of the feelings that you talked about before, that helplessness, that hopelessness, any of the habits you currently use that you would say, do you know what? if you did this, even if you did nothing else, these things will at least take you one step forward. Um, For me, and this might not suit everyone, but it was really connecting to my spiritual side. And I noticed that the more I healed, the more that 
I didn't want to hide that part of me anymore. So I accepted and integrated that part of me. Um, and I have I've actually been through severe, severe childhood trauma and chronic trauma as well. And having a belief in something else, for some people that's God, for me, I believe in angels, I believe in the universe. That has really helped me through the trauma that I've been through because it's almost like I can give everything a silver lining. I can see the lessons that have come from all of those traumatic experiences. And in some ways I can feel grateful for those now because they've helped me become who I am today, being able to help so many people through all the traumas that they've been through too. Hmm. Um, So that, being able to flip your experiences and see the silver lining it's really hard when you're in it, but on reflection is, you know, in hindsight, you can look back and be like, well, actually, if that hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And I'm really glad that this happened. So there was a silver lining that could have come from that. So being able to flip any negative experience into finding the gold or the silver lining that's come from that has been absolutely key in my healing journey. Yeah. And same, actually, that um, in NLP, we call it reframing because Mm -hmm. the frame that we put around things determines the meaning that we give them. Um, So it's really interesting you say that because it's it's something I've actually been talking about on previous videos that I've recorded this week um, because of how powerful it is when you can change the frame and look at it and look at it differently. It really, it really is wonderful. And it's also reminded me, there's a book called Soul for Happy by Mo Gaudas. I don't know if you've read it. It's again, a wonderful book. He's a, um, he's the ex um, CEO of Google X and um, he lost his son um, who was 21 at the time in a kind of routine surgery. And it sort of sent him on this journey of looking at like, you know, what is life and what is happiness. Mm. But um, one of the things he talks about is in seminars that he gives now, where he says to people who've experienced really big things in their past that have held them back before. And he gets them to do this exercise where they start thinking about, well, what, what came of that? Yeah. And then if, if we could wave a, wave a magic wand and go back and take that thing out, it's never happened, so you don't have to deal with any of it because it never happened, would you do it, yes or no? And he writes about the fact that like 98% of the people say no because I'd lose everything that came after. And so I really, that I needed that for me to be who I am. But as you say, it's quite difficult when you're going through it. Yeah, that's such a powerful, that almost brought tears to my eyes then. Um, I think it's really, it is part of a success mindset, I would say, to be able to reframe and find that positive that's coming from it because we can't change what we've been through. We can only change our future. Um, and, you know, how we think and feel about the past can either hold us back or we can reframe it and and allow ourselves the freedom to move forward from doing that because we have the power to do that. Some people can do that themselves. Some people need something like counselling or therapy or alternative therapies, whatever you're into to help with that process. That's something I do a lot of. I I like to, I go to all sorts of different healers and things. just because anything goes with me. I'm interested in anything. That's not everyone's cup of tea, of course, but, you know, therapist, 
um, a, sh- a shaman, energy healers, Reiki healing. I, I've tried it all. And I that to me is very important to keeping myself emotionally and mentally well and healthy. Mm. Mm. It's funny. I also, my journey is taking me to those things, but I was very skeptical and, and probably still am because I'm quite new to it, but it seems to be so powerful once you kind of give to it and recognize that there's more to us than just, you know, the flesh and bones. Um, yeah. And once you embrace that, it's like this whole world opens up. It's like these doors open and there's all this whole nother world behind them and a whole nother load of stuff available to us that we can access. Yeah, definitely. There's something called post-traumatic growth. I don't know if you know about this. Mm. Um, lots of people have heard of post-traumatic stress, which is, you know, the or PTSD, for example. Um, but there's something, it's like the opposite called post-traumatic growth, is when you heal from the trauma, and you experience post-traumatic growth. So it's really fast growth in your personal life or, or in your career or business. Mm. Um, and having a spiritual openness is a key ingredient in post-traumatic growth. So I think that's what I and my clients see or have seen when we've healed, not even nothing to do with our businesses, but healing that past trauma and a lot of my clients have got an openness to spirituality as well. Or it was something I noticed that people with an openness to spirituality were getting better results. And I was like, what's going on here? How is this? <laughs> well, and then I read about post-traumatic growth and the spirituality being a key part of that. And I thought, ah, oh, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think that if you are open to exploring it or a little bit open to it, it is a whole new world to delve into, mm-hmm. but can create really powerful transformation. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And where would you, based on the fact that you've, you've got quite a good amount of experience with lots of different things, if somebody's really skeptical listening to this going, nah, <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah. Is there anywhere that you would recommend? I mean, have you worked with clients as well where you've just helped them put their toe in the water and and what would you recommend that people do well my main my main tool that I use with clients is hypnosis and when they're in hypnosis we do different forms of therapy and even hypnosis is I guess a bit woo for some people so it is a bit of a dip in your toe and even for some people to just go into hypnosis um so that could be a good place to start and then as time's gone on and my spirituality's opened more I've integrated it more in my business and now I use a mix of scientific and spiritual tools with my clients which is very well received even when someone hasn't been hugely spiritual beforehand yeah absolutely so something we haven't really spoken about in um great detail yet um but that would be really worth exploring is you've spoken a lot about healing, but what is, what does healing actually mean? What, what is, what does that involve? So, you know, um, I, I truly believe that to heal something, uh, you need to find the root cause. And a lot of therapies, they come from a position of 
going back to an experience that was the root cause of the blocks that you have in your life today, or, where, or however that's shown up, whether that's emotional or mental health, or blocks in your business, struggles in relationships, they're all diff- different symptoms of, of a root cause, essentially. Um, but what I believe is the most powerful transformational and healing work you can do is actually finding the relationship root causes, not the experience root causes. Okay. So you can get transformation just from healing, you know, understanding where a, a symptom has come from, understanding why you don't feel enough today. Oh, it's because I was bullied in school, so I never felt good enough. Understanding gives you a little freedom, but but there's more that needs to be done around that to actually heal it. So understanding is mind level, and I believe healing is more working on a heart level. So it's the emotional and the relational um, transformation that needs to be done. So if, if we use the bullying example, understanding where it came from, it all makes sense logically. That's one piece of the puzzle. But to really heal it, I would be doing work with someone around healing their relationship with the person that actually bullied them. And that does, doesn't need to involve the other person at all. It's just a process, a therapeutic process that you go through where you almost like resolve any unfinished business that is inside from that person so that you can be free from the impact they've had on you, not just the experience. So I think for me, healing is going on that slightly deeper level past mindset, going a bit deeper, working with the heart, seeing the physical effects of that, you know. So for me, I'm now able to have long-term relationship. I've been with my current partner nearly four years. (laughs) So that 18-month curse is gone, thank God. (laughs) So that was, I could see the outcome of my healing then physically and the Mm. results I was getting in my relationship, but also in my business too. So it's how you feel inside, but it's also seeing how everything else around you changes in response to that. Yeah, yeah. And that's really powerful as well, because it's sort of the feedback you get from it, your results, it, it changes your story about who you are. Yeah. Because that's- it's not, the information that's coming back doesn't support the old stories anymore either. So you, you get to shed them layer by layer because you keep getting new information, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost like validation, you know, that this is this has changed and life's different. You're different now. Oh, it's so funny that you use that word, actually. I feel like that's a kind of universe thing because yesterday I did an exercise with my coach where we looked at values and validation was one that I spoke about, but saying like, you know, I feel like validation is necessary for the work and it needs to be validated in some way. But I hadn't thought about that level of validation. And here I am talking to you today. Divine time. Like it's fed right in. <laughs> it's lovely. So um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is now based on the things you know and the patterns that you see, how do you think we need to help each other? What I mean by that is now that you see the patterns in the way experiences can take root in people, how has that changed the way you help Jensen and 
from a like he needs to learn these particular lessons in life to help him grow up to be the adult that you imagine him to be um how do you go about giving that help now as a parent so that you can help him have the kind of experiences that will embed in his life in inspiring ways rather than limiting ways um so a couple of things come up then as you were talking that I thought would be useful to share and it was almost like a, a eureka moment for me as well. The way I like to teach in my business is through storytelling. And it's the same with my son. So I like to teach him lessons through stories rather than tell what to do. And it gets him really thinking about how it, how he applies it with, with, with his age-appropriate way. Yeah. Um, but one of the key things that came up then was about love languages and I don't know if you know about this Mm -hmm. and there is actually a book called the five love languages for children so when I I was looking into this anyway and I thought I'll read that one that's the five love languages for children because a lot of the problems I see because I work with adults who very often didn't feel loved as a child or didn't feel important as a child all these different things And very often, the ones who haven't been through big trauma, the the reason was a miscommunication in love language between the parent and the child. So there's five different love languages, um, acts of service, so caring for, looking after, gifts, quality time, self-explanatory, physical touch, like hugs and kisses, and there's one more, words. Now, what happens when I'm working with someone to help them feel enough and lovable because they never felt that as a child? Like I say, there's um, the ones who haven't been through abuse. Their love language was words, for example, but their parents never used words as a love language. They used acts of service. So even though they were being shown love, it was, it was a miscommunication in love language, so they never felt it. And this is the important difference I made earlier between knowing and uh, the head and the heart, like knowing and feeling something. Feeling something is so much more powerful than just knowing. So reading that book as well really helped me look at the love languages I was using with Jensen, my son, and start to use his love language more often with him. With children, you should use all of them, really young children, because you can't always tell 100% so it's better to use all the love languages but that made a big difference in our relationship too and if if there's ever a time where you know stress happens and you know you might one of us is grumpy he's maybe had a tantrum and I've been grumpy whatever's happened we always make sure that afterwards we make up and if I've if I've snapped or something said said something in a angry tone I I apologize to him and we always say even if we're grumpy we still love each other and he says that now so it's okay even if we're grumpy we still love each other I mean because he is obviously you know young he's gone through tantrum stages and things as well so I think lessons about love with children as well is really important Mm. yeah and you've just that was a eureka moment for me as well because I, I hadn't thought about it um, love languages for children. I've thought about using them 
but not about teaching them or helping them express and share what they're thinking or what they want. So that's, yeah, something else that I'll, I'll do with my kids is just kind of make them aware of these sorts of things through stories and the things we talk about. But it just gives them an opportunity then to share their own experiences or ask for what they need in ways that I can understand and, and give it. Um, so the last thing I wanted to ask you was around the, because I know not everyone who's listening is going to be a business owner and therefore not necessarily specifically thinking, okay, heal myself and go on to great things business-wise. Um, if somebody doesn't have a business, could they still come and work with you on that healing journey or would it need to be business related in order for them to get the most out of it? Um, so when you heal yourself, it changes everything in your life. So whether that's your career, like how confident you are in how you show up in your job, your relationships, everything changes almost it's almost like it naturally changes and you don't realize till you respond so differently to something that you would normally respond in a different way to. And then you're, you're like, oh my gosh, it's like it's happened so naturally, the change that it's dramatically changed every area of your life. So it's not about just doing this to have a more successful business. It is to be a better, calmer, more patient parent, be able to give and receive love because we, you know, a lot of people struggle with that, especially being through not feeling enough or lovable in childhood or not feeling safe in any way. So it's just as, as much about being able to give as well as receive to your loved ones. Um, it's the relationships you then form. You attract healthier relationships, not just romantic relationships, but friends and acquaintances, you can repair relationships with your parents who might have been difficult in the past. You get a deep sense of inner peace and well-being. Like all of these are they haven't got a financial figure on them, but they're priceless, you know. Um so it's not me personally, because of what I tend to charge for my services now, I tend to only work with business owners. But I actually train a lot of other therapists in my techniques and they all work in different niches. So they work with um, mums or, or men. Like They work with all different audiences. So I can always put someone in touch with the best person that can help with what they're going through. Fantastic. Okay, that's great. And I'll, I'll put some links on the show notes uh, page as well for how people get in touch with you, but then maybe also how they might access people who are using the same tools that you use, but more specifically to whatever it is that they're facing, which would be really useful. Um, so Natasha, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I have so many other things I would love to talk to you about, but I'm, I'm conscious that we're going to run out of time. So um, for anyone who's listening, just one last thing. Um, let's say people don't have access to the resources right now to consider them. Maybe they don't have the time or they haven't got the money yet or whatever it is that they can't work with you or somebody who you've trained. If somebody was going to try and do this on their own, even just take the first step, what would be just the one thing that you would say, okay, start here? It would 100% have to be the five minute journal because everybody's got five minutes <laughs> and you know it I think it's about 20 or 30 pounds um 
and it, it it makes a massive shift in your outlook and your mindset for the day. Um, so if you've only got a little bit to invest and a little bit of time to invest, I would say start there. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to take that advice. So again, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, what I will do is I'll put all of the links to getting in touch with you in the show notes page. Um, anybody listening or watching the video, if you have any questions and you want to reach out, please do. I can always put your questions back to Natasha or answer them myself if they're to me. Um, but otherwise, again, thank you, Natasha. And um, I'll hopefully talk to you again at some point in the future. I really hope you got as much out of that conversation as I did. This journey into the world beyond our conscious minds is so fascinating to me and I think holds the secrets for many of us in our ability to experience life as happy and joyful and easy, for us to feel at peace in ourselves and for us to find new ways to make sense of the experiences we've had and to make decisions about what lies ahead for us. After talking to Natasha, I went online and I bought the five-minute journal, and I would say it really is a great tool if you want to kind of bookend your day with personal reflections. So in the morning when you wake up, each day starts with a little quote, and then underneath it, you've got a space to write three things you're grateful for, three things that will make your day amazing, and one affirmation. And then in the evening, you put three things that happened during the day that made the day great and one thing you could have done that would have made the day better. In the first couple of days of doing that, the thing I found actually most helpful was the last question in the evening about things I could have done better. Because for a couple of days in a row, the thing I wrote down was I could have played with my kids more or I could have played with my kids, <laughs> just full stop. And after a few days, that became something that would make the day amazing. So it showed up in my morning entries and almost became my purpose for the day. And so what's ended up happening is the lesson from each day or the lessons over a couple of days became my intentions for this day. When I'd wake up in the morning, I'd go, okay, this is something that will make today amazing. This is what I'm going to do. And seeing the power that those intentions created and having those in my mind when the choices presented themselves during the day, I can go and do this or I can play with my kids. I'm going to play with my kids because that's what's going to make today amazing. So as Natasha said, if you are looking for a place to start, that is potentially a great one because it will show you the power of your intentions and the power of your reflections and your learning in your ability to make changes through your choices. As always, if you have comments or questions, visit bighappylife.co.uk to leave a comment on the show notes page. Or, of course, you can find the Facebook page that is at Big Happy Life page. I'd also be thrilled to hear from you directly, so you can email me at natalie at bighappylife.co.uk. If you enjoyed this episode and you look forward to hearing more like it, hit the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes go live. And of course, do share this with other friends and family members who you think would also enjoy it. So we can share the love, we can share the lessons, and we can all grow together. For now, though, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.